Good morning. Uh, my name is Andy Nelms, and I am the associate pastor here at Lover's Lane, and I get to be the pastor at Thrive. And uh, I just want to welcome you to worship this morning. I, I don't know about you, but, uh, but I need this this week, right? Uh, this has been a, a difficult week that's been added to a difficult year that's been added to a difficult pandemic. I mean, all of this has just been really hard. And and one of our values here in, in Thrive is authenticity. It's just um, being honest about who we are. And if you're here this morning and just feel a little bit broken, a little bit beaten down, I, I just want to tell you we know, we understand, and, and we love you. We are um, in a season of Lent, uh, as uh, Mackenzie said earlier. Lent is this season between um, Ash Wednesday, uh, which was just last Wednesday, and Easter. Um, it's 40 days, not counting the Sundays, and it's a time that we use um, for prayer and meditation, for spiritual development as we prepare uh, our hearts and our minds for the resurrection of Christ on Easter. And it's this time that we use kind of as a rebuilding, as a reorientation of who we are. Uh, where are we oriented? What are we oriented around? And, and, and I hope that we use this time. We, we use this opportunity to reorient ourselves around the person of Jesus Christ, around who Christ is and was and is yet to be as we work today to be more like Jesus than we were yesterday. And that's what this new series is about. It, it's, its name is Calling. It's about discovering our purpose. And, and today we're going to talk a little bit about listening. But I, I want to say just a few things about our calling really quick. You know, I think sometimes we get very uh, uh, narrow-minded about a calling, about a purpose. Um, sometimes we confuse calling and purpose with our job, you know, with our occupation. It, it can be. It can be that. But, but truth be told, we can fulfill our calling in many different jobs, in many different occupations. Um, the, the writer and theologian Dallas Willard, he describes it as a loving grandparent who, who tells his children in the backyard, go and play. You know, the grandparent says, you know, I've got, I've got basketball and I've got Foursquare and I've got uh, the seesaw and I've got all these things for you to go play. Go and play. And there are some of us who stand on the back porch with the grandparent and say, well, but, but what do you want me to play? Do you want to play Foursquare or basketball? Or do you want me to do the seesaw? Or, or what do you want me to play? And the grandparent says, just go and play. I've built all of this for you. You know, here's the fences. Here's the boundaries. Don't go beyond that. But, but here's the, the backyard. Go and play. And so I hope as we think about our calling, as we think about our purpose, as we learn about this kind of discernment for the next several weeks, that we don't become so narrow-minded that we think it can only be one thing, that, that our calling is really this grand scheme in which we play in the kingdom of God, and that God is freely telling us to go and play. And as we think about this calling, as we think about this purpose, the, the first step is to listen, is to listen. And and listening is important really in, in any relationship, right? I mean, listening is, is such a, a core essence of any relationship. In fact, uh, we understand this, that frustration rises when we don't feel heard, right? Frustration rises when we, when we don't feel heard. If we don't feel like someone is listening to us, that our, our anger just increases, right? Of course, we've, we've seen that this week, 
You know, when, when civic leaders don't seem to be paying attention to their constituents, don't be, seem to be paying attention to the, the concerns and outcries of their constituents, the, the frustration and anger rises, right? When organizations or companies fail to heed advice to prevent catastrophic failure, this frustration, this anger seems to rise. But we've seen this in our individual relationships as well. Right? When we don't feel like our spouse is listening to us, when, when we are voicing concerns, when we're simply just trying to speak to another person and, the, and they don't seem to be acknowledging the fact that we are talking to each other, that frustration, that anger increases. Right? You've seen this maybe in your children as well, that if, that if they don't understand that you are listening to them, right, they will, they will get angrier and angrier until finally you listen to them, you pay attention to them. We realize this in our friendships as well. Right? Have you ever texted your friend? You ever texted your friend something quippy, something just to let them know that you're out there, that you're thinking about them, and then you don't hear a response? Have you ever revisited that same text message just five times in one day to see if they've ever responded to you and you get a little angrier? Why? Because frustration rises when we don't feel heard. And then there's this cycle that starts to play through that, um, that frustration makes it even more difficult to listen, right? So now that, that we haven't been listened to, that frustration, that anger rises up in us and it makes, us, it, makes it even more difficult for us to listen ourselves. And this cycle perpetuates over and over again. And we realize how important this listening skill is in any relationship, especially, especially our relationship with God. Now, if you're here this morning and, and you're a, a longtime member, participant here at Thrive or at Lover's Lane, we want to welcome you. We are so glad that you are here and maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you saw us on Facebook or a friend shared a link with you, um, and, and maybe you don't know what you believe about God. I want to let you know that you are welcome here. We are so glad that you are here, and I think that this is important for all of us. Regardless of what we believe, that this listening skill is essential for all of us, and if you don't know what you believe about God, I would encourage you just to try this out. Just to, just to try it and see if it works for you. See if something happens. See if something starts to stir in your soul. And, and I would encourage you to kind of lean into that. And so this morning, we are going to, uh, to learn about Samuel. It, it comes from the Old Testament, this story. And we're going to be in uh, the book of First Samuel, uh, chapter 3. But just to kind of set up the story before we get there. Uh, Samuel's mother was Hannah, and before Hannah ever gave birth to Samuel, uh, she was barren. She didn't have any children, and, and this distressed her greatly. And so there's this scene in which Hannah goes to the temple, the place that they worship God in. It's in Shiloh and, uh, at this time, and, and so she goes there and she begins to pray fervently, desperately in the temple. And she's crying and, and she's kind of muttering. She, her lips are moving, but there's no kind of sound coming out. And she's just giving this really desperate plea to God that she might have a child. And there the, he, the high priest Eli sees her in this prayer. And, and he doesn't quite know what to make of this event. In fact, when he sees Hannah, he thinks that she's drunk. And so he tries to do that really polite thing, you know, you do with those people and, you know, they're kind of in this different state. You try to kind of usher them out. Let's not make a scene. Come on, let's leave. Let's get out of here. And there's this frustration that rises in Hannah. She says, no, I'm, I'm actually praying. This is a desperate prayer that I have. I'm praying to God in this moment. And in essence, Hannah is saying, you're not listening to me, right? And, and that's what happens, that in fact, listening is harder when we think we know the answer. 
listening is harder when we think we know the answer, right? I, I've realized this in my, in my own life. You know, when my spouse shares a problem with me that's going on in, in her life, and she says, there's this thing going on, as soon as I think that I know the solution, I will block out the rest of that conversation until I can speak and tell her what I think the answer is. Right? I've realized this, you know, with my children, right? Whenever there's a dispute going on and, and I go upstairs and, you know, kind of say, okay, what's happening here? And they begin to tell me what's happening. I can, as soon as I think that I know the answer, I can block out the rest of the conversation. This happens when I'm reading the news and I hear about this group of people or, or this person who has done this thing. As soon as I think that I know the why, I failed to take in any new information. That's to my own detriment, right? Listening is harder when we think that we know the answer, and this was true for Eli as well. He, he looked at the situation, he thought he knew exactly what it was, and Hannah says, no, you're not listening to me. I am praying fervently to God. When Eli realizes this, he he turns around, right? He, he repents. He, 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 in fact, blesses the woman. And he says, in fact, God will give you what you are asking for. Well, of course, what she's asking for is for a child. And, and uh, soon after, she um, becomes pregnant with Samuel. And she dedicates Samuel to God. She dedicates Samuel to God. And part of that dedication is Samuel being raised by the high priest Eli. And, and uh, you heard uh, Miss Tasha kind of describe this story to us, and, um, and, and it comes out of, again, 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. If you have your Bible with you, I would encourage you to use it this morning. Maybe use it on your phone or however you engage with the Bible. I would encourage you to, to try it this morning. We're going to read, again, out of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. Now, the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and uh, the word of the Lord had, was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, uh, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. I think th this setup is really interesting. Right? This setup is really interesting. Why? Because says that the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. In other words, people were not listening. They weren't listening for God. And visions were not widespread that, that because they weren't listening, they weren't able to say what God was doing in their world. And here is Samuel, a young boy, who is under the mentorship of Eli. And we read in verse 4, just the next verse of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel, we read this, that the, then the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, and he said, here I am, and ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, lie down again. And so he went and lay down. I think this is really interesting that here Samuel and Eli are in the temple. One hears the voice of God and the other doesn't. 
right? That, that Eli, the high priest, the one whose job is uh, the kind of holy of holies, is to operate in the temple, to listen for God. This is Eli's occupation. He's the pastor of the time, right? The, the kind of pastor of the pastors. He's, he's in charge of the whole thing. And, and, and here Samuel is, a young child. And Samuel hears the voice of God, and Eli doesn't. I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that Samuel is being mentored. He's a young child. He, maybe he's open to the fact that he doesn't know the answer. He, he doesn't know everything there is to know at this time. And I wonder if Eli's a little bit closed off. I wonder if Eli has this assumption that he's known everything he's going to know at this time. He's not going to take in any new information. I think that's one of the keys to listening is that listening requires humility. Listening, whether it's to God or to someone else, we have to assume that we don't know everything. That we don't know everything there is to know yet. We have to be humble to be able to take in new information, be able to listen to somebody else or to God. That I think because of Samuel's humility was one of the reasons that Samuel was able to hear the voice of God speak to him in this moment. And so Samuel lays down in the temple and he hears God call out to him, Samuel, Samuel, he gets up and he runs to Eli. He says, here I am for you called me. Eli says, no, I didn't call you. This happens three times. Right? Eli says, go back and lay down. Samuel goes and lays down, and then he hears the voice again. He gets up and he goes to Eli, and he says, here I am for you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go lay down. And finally, Samuel hears the voice again saying, Samuel, Samuel. He gets up and he runs to Eli, and finally, finally, Eli realizes. Eli realizes what is happening in this moment. And so we read about what happens whenever Eli understands what's happening. That he, In the second half of verse 8, Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. And therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lie down in his place. Eli finally realizes what's happening. He says, look, if you hear that voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel does. He goes and he lays down. And he hears the voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responds, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And God begins to speak to Samuel. And when God does speak to Samuel, God speaks about what will happen to the lineage of Eli. You see, Eli's sons, the, the sons of the high priest, have, have done some things that have displeased God. And because of that, God will cut off the lineage of Eli from the temple. God says that they'll be destroyed. God gives this word to Samuel, and it distresses Samuel. And, and the next morning he wakes up, and he's terrified to tell Eli what he has heard. But you know, that's, that's the thing about listening, is that listening means hearing even what we don't want to hear. And that's the truth. When we come to listen, that, that we have to be open to whatever it is that other person or what God is going to say. You know, this week, I've been attempting to text and call each of our people at Thrive, and, and 
understand how they're doing. And, and I've reached out to them, and, and I'll be honest that there's some fear behind that because I'm nervous about what the response is going to be when I say, how are you doing? People are going to say, you know what, we're not doing well. You know, there's this thing going on that, that but that's the key to listening. Listening means hearing even what we don't want to hear. And that's the same for God. That if we invite God to speak into our lives, if we invite God to speak into our lives, then we have to invite God to speak even into the, even into the bad. We have to open ourselves up. We, we have to be this kind of open book before God. Listening means hearing even what we don't want to hear. I would encourage you to, to listen for God this week. I know there's a lot going on. I know there are a million things that we have to worry about right now, but I think there's no better time than now to begin to listen for God so that we might understand better our calling and purpose that all of these things on our to-dos all of these repairs we have to make, all of these things that we have to take care of now that this storm seems to be over, that now we have the kind of chaos after the storm in the midst of a pandemic, we have a laundry list of things to do. Wouldn't it be better if those were put into perspective? That we could say that all of this fits into our calling, into our purpose in this way. So I would encourage you to, to listen for God. I want to encourage you to do a, a couple of things this week. So, so first of all, we have to understand that discovering our purpose begins with listening, right? Discovering our purpose begins with listening. This is how we are called to do it. And so I want to encourage you to listen for God. And first of all, I want to encourage us to carve out time each day this week to listen for God in silence. Carve out time each day this week to listen for God in silence. That, that just try this. For, for seven days, from now till next Sunday, to take time of silence to actually listen for God. And, and as you begin that time, I would encourage you to, to practice those words that Eli told Samuel. Uh, to practice these words, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You may not hear anything during this time. Or even in that silence, you, you may feel like you hear something. And you say, I don't, I don't know if that's, that's me saying that or if that's God. I would encourage you to write that down. Maybe ask uh, your, your friends or your family or um, your spiritual mentor. We'll get to that in a second. But maybe pray about it again the next silence and see if you hear it again. And to be able to discern that voice is one of the most important things we can do as people of faith. So carve out time each day this week to listen for God in silence, to, to ask God to speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And the second thing I want to encourage you to do is this, to create a spiritual mentor-mentee relationship. To create a spiritual mentor-mentee relationship. One of the things that that I love about this church is our connection with the anonymous groups, that this church was really founded um, upon Alcoholics Anonymous and, and so many other people who are seeking to be free of their, recover, of their addiction. And something I, I am so impressed by uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and so many other organizations is that they have this kind of mentor-mentee relationship. 
that it is expected that everyone have a mentor, um, have a sponsor, that, that somebody can help guide them along the process. And then when they get to a certain point, probably after a year, that they would um, be a mentor to somebody else, that, that everybody is, is being mentored and is mentoring somebody else. I would love to be a part of a church where our discipleship model is not a series of classes of, you know, you've got to know this information and then know this information and then this information, but that I would love to be a part of a church where our discipleship model is that every Everyone is being mentored and is mentoring somebody else, right? That, that I would encourage all of us to not only seek out a mentor, but when we are ready, when we feel fit, and even when we don't, that we would begin to mentor somebody else, that we would reach out to someone, to someone who, who is where we want to be. And, and we would just ask, you know, can, can we have, you know, like a, a virtual coffee, Maybe once a week or every other week or, or whatever works out that, that, you know, I can just say, like, these are the things that are going on in my life. And, and, and how, how have you dealt with this in the past? Or, or what would be your advice? And, and here's the key, that it would be a spiritual mentor, right? Some of us have, like, professional coaches. Some of us even have professional mentors or whatever that is. And that's great. I want to celebrate that. But, but I think the key to our own, to developing our own spirituality, our own ability to listen for God is to find somebody who is in the place we want to be spiritual and ask them to help develop us, just like Samuel was with Eli. Eli was mentoring Samuel, and, and Samuel would not have known the voice of God had Eli not told him, this is God speaking to you. And I think so many of us, all of us, need somebody else to speak into our life to say, that's God speaking to you. Listening for the voice of God is is the most important thing we can do as people of faith. And I want to encourage us to practice this this week. Let us pray. God, I thank you for this ability to come together and worship in this way, to be wherever we are, however we are. God, even though we are, we are broken, distressed, tired, God, that we are going through a list of other things in our heads right now, the things that we need to get done today. God, I pray that, that you would hold those for just a minute, that you would hold it in your possession until we're ready to deal with it, God, but that right now we would listen for you so that you may be able to speak into our life our calling, our purpose. And God, right now, that you would give us a piece of it, what we are ready to hear. God, that we begin to listen to you each and every day. God, I pray for our mentors, those people who develop us spiritually. I pray that you give us courage to reach out to them to say, hey, you've got this thing that, that I think I, I need, I want in my life. Can you, can you help me get it? I pray for those people that we will mentor, those people that we will develop. God, we need you right now. We pray that you would speak. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.